Do you ever feel like all you see is sensationalist and fake content out there? I sometimes feel that my social media feeds are inundated with content that wants my attention and curiosity, however offers absolutely no value to me personally and professionally. So instead of sitting here complaining, I decided to do something about it and create a small platform that caters for those who, like me, are craving content that aims to empower and inspire. My area of expertise is marketing, so there will be a mix of episodes where I will share first-hand marketing insights. However, I also love learning about other areas of business and life, so I'll be interviewing a number of entrepreneurs and personalities whom I feel have a story that can offer value to this audience. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Social Talk podcast, episode one. The first guest in the Social Talk interview series is Yasmin De Giorgio, serial entrepreneur, founder of Wellness Center and Spa Sanya, speaker, meditation teacher, and coach. We delve into some key lessons she learned as she built her business, her own experience with entrepreneurial burnout, how she got through that, and her tips on how entrepreneurs and executives can avoid burnout and achieve success over stress. Let's go. So Yasmin De Giorgio, serial entrepreneur, speaker, motivational teacher and coach. As well, thank you for being here. And uh, what I want to know, first question is, what was Yasmin like as a child? <laughs> so thanks for having me, Duff. Um, I was quite a serious child and I was very sporty. I was the tomboy with the cap backwards. Okay. And I actually started competitive sailing at age nine. So I was quite a competitive child to still have a bit of a competitive streak. Do you still sail? I actually, I sail not, I don't race. I actually got into surfing later on in life and it kind of took over my hobby, okay. <laughs> hobby section of my life. So now you run Sanya and uh, basically, as you say, you're a serial entrepreneur. How did you get into the world of an entrepreneurship? business so my dad is an entrepreneur so I grew up watching entrepreneurship from the inside but after studying economics I actually rejected business because of all the harm I felt it was doing to the planet and yeah I actually just went traveling and said you know I became a hippie <laughs> I said I'm not having anything to do with this but I got to the point where I realized that if I really wanted to make an impact and at that age even more than now I really felt I wanted to change the world I said I need to create a business because that's where all of our resources time and financial are so if I want to do something good then maybe I should start a business okay and your first business I believe correct me if I'm wrong was the Grassy Hopper right back in 2013 and it was quite pioneering for the time it was a vegetarian eatery um, and now they're popping up everywhere, obviously this vegan, vegetarian lifestyle. At the time, what inspired you uh, to, to go for launching this, this big venture? I think it's a bit my personality. I like doing things which haven't been done and creating things that I feel should be there. So I created the Grasshopper because I had been traveling myself and I saw all of these amazing cafes which made healthy eating, not some boring... You know, I had an impression of healthy eating as just low-fat yogurt and just really boring. And when I went to these cafes and all the fruit and the juices and just such a variety of food, I said, we need this in Malta. I want to eat at this kind of cafe and it's not here, so I'll create it. After that, well, I think about three years after you launched the Grasshopper, you actually launched another business, Sanya. And what inspired you to launch Sanya and what's the mission there? So... 
The mission of Sanya is to help people go within and find a deeper level of health and wellness. And it was inspired by my own journey. In a way, grassy, my journey in life started with my own relationship with food. And that, the grassy hopper was born from that. But then my own journey carried on going, not to just, okay, how can I eat healthier? But how can I think healthier? How can I feel healthier? How can I relate in a healthier way to the people around me? So what started with food then became a journey into yoga, meditation, lots of different uh, psychotherapy uh, kind of work. And it brought me so much joy in my life. It, it made me feel so much happier that I said, I want to share this with others. And I think it's a time where it's very much needed. Definitely, definitely. And after six years, now you, I believe you're moving on from the Castle Harbour to focus mostly on Sanya. How difficult was that decision and what led you to it? It was actually a very easy decision, um, mainly because I really am so passionate about Sanya and I got to the point where I lost my passion for the catering industry and I felt like I was just doing the same thing over and over again. The thing is, when you're doing the same challenges, when you're yeah. solving the same problems over and over again, it's not inspiring or stimulating. Mm -hmm. So I lost my enthusiasm for it. And I went traveling in January, I went to India, and when I was there, I had a lot of time to, to reflect on what I was doing. And I said, I'm running a business which I'm not in love with anymore. So I really questioned why I'm doing it. And there and then I decided, okay, I'm gonna move on and find someone who is in that point where mm -hmm. food is really their passion. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we, when we were chatting recently, you mentioned burnout, and I believe you've also been through burnout. Can you tell me what, what was burnout, really, and how did you maybe overcome it? Yeah, so burnout, the official definition is actually emotional exhaustion, and that's what I experienced during my <laughs> birthing process of Sanya, which is quite ironic, because I was starting a wellness industry, but I got a wellness business, but I got totally burnt out in the process. I was emotionally drained. I felt under too much pressure. I was financially under a lot of pressure to get the project going. I was overworking myself and I just got to the point where I had no energy. It's like a broken car and you're pushing it up the hill basically. Something inside was just not working quite right and I had to go on a deep dive and use all of the tools that I had been learning over the years and really bring them into a meaningful way of coping and, and finding a better way to run my business without getting stuck mm -hmm. in these kind of emotional, very draining, emotionally draining situations. What helped you overcome? Really? What do you remember as being you know, a point where you felt like, okay, I can get through this? I think the biggest shift, honestly, was mentally and emotionally because I believe that our stress is not so much about the things stressing us, but about how we feel about them. So if someone out there can relate, you know, is nodding their head and saying, mm, this emotional exhaustion feeling, I'm feeling it. What can, what's maybe something they can do now that, that could help lead the way mm -hmm. to, to getting better? Yeah, I would say two things. One of them is journaling, really writing down how you feel. It's actually a practice called morning pages where you write three A4 pages of consciousness oh. first thing in the morning. And it feels like a lot, three pages, but that is the way we can really understand the patterns of our mind and understand the things that we're thinking, which many of the time we don't really need to think. And they're taking us down a negative road. And it, it really brings that light of awareness into our relationship with ourselves and what's stressing us. Um, and the second thing I would say is to find support. 
because I wouldn't have found my way out of that without my mentors. There were some things that they told me which I really needed to hear and the thing is we only know what we know but someone from the outside can really help us see certain patterns that we're stuck in, in a loop and you know nowadays we have this mantra you're your own guru follow yourself and and while I agree that we should have self-esteem and not follow blindly at the same time we're always going to be limited if we're only taking advice from ourselves. Yeah. So when we have people who have been where we've been, or where we want to go, sorry, yeah. and we can listen to their advice humbly and just take what, what we feel will help us, I think that's a really good way to, to grow. Do you think that nowadays people are more stressed? We are facing a level of stresses that no other generation in human history has ever had to face. The work, pressure that we have, food toxins, environmental, social media, you know, the, the pressure we put ourselves from unrealistic role models. We really have a lot, a lot of stress on us and that's why I feel like actually the thing that's gonna really determine how much we achieve in our life is not how much talent we have but how able we are to manage and overcome our stress and not get sucked into a negative spiral. I mean I see a lot of clients because yes I, I mentor people to find better wellness and help them go within and find success over their stress and one thing for example that I see which is really common is a lot of people addicted to Netflix, addicted to social media, putting that kind of time into something which is not giving you any return. How can you be the best that you can be? Right? So if you're spending two hours a night watching Netflix, for example, if you took those two hours and either rested or did your art or played with your kids or whatever, you're going to reach a higher potential in your life. Okay, but do you, so you're saying Netflix is bad, as in people, let's say people who feel they're okay and you know, enjoy. I think what you're saying is that, is that, listen, maybe to escape just for leisure is one thing, but to depend on it, mm-hmm. you know, for... Uh, different purpose I think is, is different yeah I don't know what look I don't want to sound too harsh because people are very attached to their Netflix and I don't want to you know criticize or, or tell people what to do but I think we and I have a Netflix account and I enjoy Netflix but I think we have to be really honest with ourselves about how much time we're spending on these kind of platforms and whether they are just a distraction and a coping mechanism, that's not really helping bring out the best in ourselves. One of the things I do to help people overcome this is bring in other practices that help restore us, help relax us, that are healthier in the long term. So things like breathing, things like meditation, yoga, exercise, nature. These still distract us from the stresses of our life, but instead of distracting us in a bit more of an unhealthy way, they actually restore our nervous system, they inspire us, they connect us with our creativity, so then we can find the capability and the inspiration to actually deal with the thing we're trying to distract ourselves from in the first place. So, in fact, the meditation is, seems to be growing at quite a fast rate. Like, you hear, before I used to associate meditation with yogis and maybe hippies. Yeah. And now I hear of big entrepreneurs like Bill Gates, like Oprah Winfrey, like Michael Jordan, you know, raving about the effects of meditation and saying it's their daily practice. Why do you think it's growing so much in popularity? As I said, meditation has become a must for our modern lives because what sets, what creates a difference between us doing our best and reaching our potential is managing stress. Everyone is stressed right now. You have 
eight-year-olds with anxiety to 87-year-olds with anxiety. Whether you're a cleaner or a CEO, everyone is stressed. So we really need tools to cope with that. And meditation is by far, by far, 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 the most effective tool to help us cope with stress and actually create inner peace within our own selves. So it's great to see so many successful people saying, you know, this is not a hippie thing, this is not airy-fairy, this is a science, and this is just something that you can practice in your life, which is going to make everything better. Not just your outer success in business, but your head, your peace of mind, your relationships, and so on. I mean, I admit, I've never practiced meditation, and I'm really curious about it. So when you say meditation, is it something that would take you hours, a day? How, what is the meditation and how long of a commitment is it? You know, what, what? So you can meditate just five minutes a day and you will get a benefit. But you have to do it every day, right? It's like going to the gym. You're not going to go to the gym once a month and expect to have a six pack. I run a business. I can't meditate for five hours a day. I can't even meditate very often for one hour a day. I do take, let's say, two weeks here and there. I say, okay, this two weeks, I'm going to do an hour a day. But mostly on a daily basis, just five, 10, maybe 15 minutes. And if you're a beginner, five minutes is, is more than enough. And if you have a good technique and good guidance, then that five minutes will really be very fruitful for you. And you'll see the benefits uh, in your life. So you also have your own personal blog, podcast, and online coaching service. Can you explain more about your online coaching service and how you are trying to help people overcome stress? Yeah, so as I mentioned previously, emotion is a very big part of this. So the way we feel about our lives is a key uh, factor in how stressed we feel. So what I teach people to do is find the inner resources to take big things and have them as small. Usually we're good at taking small problems and blowing them out of proportion and making them huge. But especially as an entrepreneur, you can't afford that. You need to be the one in your business, especially when you're leading others, to take big problems and make them manageable. And that all comes from what I call the inner stress regulation valve. And as I'm a surfer, I always like to use the metaphor of surf. So when I go out surfing, if the waves are too small, I'm not getting challenged and I'm getting a bit bored and this is not fun. If the waves are too big, then I'm really tense and I'm anxious, I think I'm going to drown, and I don't surf well either. But there's this sweet spot in the middle where the waves are just the right uh, size. And even if they're just slightly too small or slightly too big, I'm in that flow state, so I'm feeling really good and I'm surfing really well, and I come out feeling exhilarated and happy. And it's the exact same thing with the things in our life. If the waves, right, the stressful things which we can't stop happening, seem too big or too small, we're not going to be in our optimum condition. But what I discovered is that what sets the size of the challenges is not the challenges themselves. It's actually us. So why on one day can you see a challenge and melt down, and on another day you can see that same challenge and think, yeah, I got this. It's basically our inner mechanism which sets our response to stress. So what I teach people to do is reset that valve because when you've been stressed for too long that valve is just completely off and you're in so much tension that every wave looks like a tsunami so you can't you can't go through your life in that kind of state so this is the main thing that i do 
the, the emotional mastery method is three pillars. Emotion, the number one important. Second is energy, because we need to manage our physical energy. And the third is direction. Having goals and purpose in our life is one of the best inoculations against stress. But I don't mean a goal as in I'm going to get X revenue or I'm going to get X profit. These should be goals that you can never reach because they're inner goals. They're goals to grow. And those kind of grow goals don't give you a depression if you don't hit them. Right? If I don't sell my business when I want to, then I'm a failure. No. Our inner goals should be things that are connected to our soul and things that are very meaningful for things that are very meaningful to us on an inner level. But when you say goals that you can never reach, like to me that sounds scary. Like if I set a goal that I can never reach, mm-hmm. it might be counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Let's take entrepreneurs, billionaires, millionaires. Very often they reach their goals, right? What happens? They get depressed. They get suicidal even because they realize that that goal doesn't make them happy. But there are goals, inner goals, which make us happy. Being a good person, getting more patience. These are things that we can strive to achieve as a person that make us happy. And no matter, there's no end goal, right? If you want to become a more patient person, there's no measuring system where you're like, okay, you got there, now you're good. Patience is an infinite game. And I think we need to have those goals in our lives that are not so tangible, but are more etheric and more soulful in a sense. And those, I think, give us a much deeper level of fulfillment. Okay, so with regards to your, so you offer your mentoring service face-to-face, but you also offer online coaching internationally, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about what you offer and where people can find more information about this? So you can find more information on my website about this, yasmindegeorgia.com. And the reason why I do this internationally is because I realize that I have a special skill to help entrepreneurs because I'm an entrepreneur and I went through my own struggles with you know, my business and burning out and I really had to find my way out of that. And I feel like I'm in a really good position to help other entrepreneurs really get the best out of themselves. And I love working with entrepreneurs because we are in a position of responsibility we have no one that we can pass the buck onto. If things fail, it it stops at your door, right? And I think that is actually really helpful for us because there's no transformation without taking responsibility for ourselves. There's no change and growth without taking ownership of ourselves. So I obviously, you know, female entrepreneurs is a niche. So that's why I do this internationally, not just Malta, but I have also clients in Malta too. And uh, I even created a, a free online training for entrepreneurs where they can get a little taster of uh, what I teach. So where can people go to find this free online training? So you training? can find that on my website. Yeah. Okay. Does Yasmin ever get angry? <laughs> yes, I do. My friends and family will tell you that I was actually a very angry teenager. <laughs> Your rebellious phase. Yes, rebellious stage. <laughs> and actually it was part of my own inner journey to learn how to harness that anger and I did a lot of work on myself and in the yogic system, in the system of yoga, they have this theory that different people have different constitutions, right? So different foods are good for different body types, but they also take it a step deeper and they say different people with different constitutions have different emotional tendencies. So for example, some people might tend towards anxiety, some people might tend towards depression, I tend towards anger, (laughs) so I'm very easily irritable, etc. 
But the more we work on ourselves and go within, the less we get thrown off balance. So now through all of my practices, I get angry much less and I'm much more in control and I can direct that anger to a more positive uh, situation. But yes, if you catch me in a moment, you'll, you'll see my rage <laughs> coming out. What is the one thing you wish you were told early in your business that you'd like to share with someone maybe who's uh, 10 steps behind you? It's going to sound really cliche, but one thing I, I discovered too late is that when you want to do something in your business, the quickest way to do it, not, not just in business, in life, is to get the advice of someone who's already done it, instead of trying to figure it out yourself. And I only really realized that a couple of years ago, and that's when I took more seriously my own role as a student. And that's where I took my discipleship to my mentors in a much more serious way. And that's really changed everything for me in my business and also in my personal life. I had a mentor in my personal life for quite a few years before I even started the business. Um, but then I also took on a business mentor and that's really helped me too. What is your go-to food and drink of choice? What's your favorite food? So at Sanya they laugh at me because every morning I have the same breakfast. <laughs> And the drink is a matcha latte, yeah. which is, I'm actually quite a coffee lover, but I'm very sensitive to caffeine, especially when I'm too busy. So matcha... It's great to know you're like us humans, though, and you yes. actually drink coffee. Yes, Yay. very human. All too human, trust me. But matcha is a really good alternative if you want to have less of that caffeine hit. It still has caffeine, but it's a bit smoother. So I love my matcha latte and avocado toast. Nice. What's the best place you travel to? So Bali is my home away from home. I've been there six times and I'm going there again next month. And Bali was the place where my own inner journey really, really kicked off. And that's where I go to time and time again to just keep going deeper to myself. What is it about Bali so, that really so makes it so special? Bali is an amazing country. Uh, it's not a country, sorry. It's part of Indonesia, but it's an amazing island. And one of the things that I love about it is it's very, very spiritual. The people there are extremely humble. The first time I went, I actually felt awkward because they wanted to help me so much that I felt I couldn't receive it. I was like, no, no, I can, I can carry my own bags. I can, I can do it. But eventually you see that they're not doing it because they're subservient. They're doing it because they have so much love and they're so humble. And that was really a lesson for me. And of course, my spiritual teacher, my meditation teacher has a meditation center there. So that for me is an extra special uh, reason why I keep going back. Okay, so we're going to get to the last question, which I'll be asking every guest on this yeah. series. And I'd like you to tell the audience out there, or the people listening, give them either a question to ask themselves and maybe to answer in the comments or a challenge mm -hmm. to our audience. So, this is actually the hardest question you've asked me. <laughs> Sorry. And I was actually prepared and I still didn't really have a very good answer. So actually at Sanya, at the beginning of each year, all of our team, we answer three questions together. Looking over the next 12 months. One is what items, materially, do you want to manifest in your life? You know, maybe someone wants a car, someone wants X, Y, Z. The second is what new skills do you want to learn? And the third is how do you want to contribute to society? 
And so if you permit me three, I can just use yes, those yes, three. Yes, I think it's a very nice way of getting us to really think deeper about the, the next coming 12 months or, or six months and, and how we can go a bit deeper. So thank you, Yasmin, for being here. It's, I, it makes me really happy to be able to share your insights with the people watching. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Maybe I'll come so, for some mentoring to you. <laughs> thank you so much, Daph. I hope you enjoyed the first episode on the Social Talk podcast. If you have any feedback, I'd love to hear it. Please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. You'll find me at Davinia Malia Pole. And I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode. Ciao.